This is Pixelated Audio, episode 136. Pixelated Audio, a podcast focusing on game audio, its history, and the people behind it. We're your hosts. I'm Brian. This is Gene. Hey. We've got a really fun show today for you guys lined up. Yeah, we're going to be talking about a very or somewhat obscure game called Wonderborg, or RobotWorks, as the actual program is called, and we'll tell you all about that. It's a, it's a weird one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a game, but it's also kind of not. Um, it was released for the Wonderswan and uh, yeah, the, this track that brought us in, this was the title theme, and I, I thought uh, it's really bouncy, has a kind of a European vibe to it a little bit, but uh, this was produced in Japan, so we don't have a composer, unfortunately. Uh, we fell short there, uh, looked everywhere, um, so if anyone knows, please, by all means, let us know. But yeah, the, it's got this really nice, bouncy, fun, uh, engaging track just to, to bring you right into the uh, the experience. Yeah, we got some nice disco action preparing people for the high-octane programming action, because that's what this is all about, folks. Wonderborg yes. is a programmable robot. Yeah. <laughs> so the Wonderborg, uh, it's a programmable consumer robot kit first released for the Bandai Wonderswan. And uh, then was later released for Microsoft Windows PCs in 2000 that retailed for about 120 bucks, And it was intended to look like this beetle thing. And it has six legs and it has functioning antenna. And you kind of put it together yourself. And uh, the antenna are, are uh, like sensors. There's light sensor. There's all sorts of stuff that can uh, allow you to interact with uh, the world around it. And so uh, it's it's actually a pretty cool little little thing. I want to get my hands on one. Yeah, it looks kind of like a really large computer mouse <laughs> with like antenna and legs. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Um, I'm trying to think there if there was anything else kind of comparable to it um, around that time. Nothing I can think of. We were talking about this a lot. Like there was like it didn't look like it, but you had like Lego Mindstorms, which had sort of conditional programming. And then you had right. all of those like robot toys, like the little dog and the and the like, you know, 
Furby. That was no, a thing, no, right? No, no, not well. Yeah, there were Furby, but I think it was called Ibo. It was what the one we looked oh, up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, does yeah. like flips and barks and stuff. But it's it's the same. It was like that time period. Everybody was coming out with programmable robots and stuff. Well, the parts the were getting yeah, the parts <laughs> were getting cheaper, and uh, I think uh, you know as technology was improving, people were getting more excited about going into that career or that field, and I think kids were getting really excited. I mean, I definitely know I was and something that was that was as cheap as 100 bucks or 120 bucks when it was released and then you could do all this fun stuff with it yeah it's programming but like at the same time you can you know say like you know move to the left move up five spaces and then like move your feelers or your antenna uh like a certain way and then bounce this way i mean you could really be creative with it and uh the more of these um wonder borgs or beetles that you have they can actually interact with each other which is even even more cool so, yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's cool. super cool. I never had one of these. I didn't even know they existed, but it was definitely a thing. I think middle school, high school, my computer science, my computers club, I should say, had a lot of these kinds of things, little programmable bots. And it was like it was all the rage for a couple of years. And they were a lot of fun. I, I played around with it a little bit. I never got super deep during that time, but I, I feel like I missed out. <laughs> they still have like project kits and stuff that you can pick up for this. I mean, I remember like not even that long ago when fries was still a thing and you can go, uh, you can go in there and they had like a, it was kind of like kids learning stuff where it was like, you know, you put together a kit. Uh, Cause I did a lot of kits when I was a kid, but you would put together like, you know, like a, like a bug kind of thing too. And you would, you know, do all the soldering and everything yourself. And then, you know, it would, I don't know, run around. This is a little bit more, um, this is a little bit more hands-on though, because you get to put the, the robot together and then it comes with the software, which is like quote unquote game, uh, for the wonder swan. And you put in the cartridge, uh, in your wonder swan, and there is a, a way for you to, um, uh, link it up to the beetle or the Wonderboard and send the the programs to it. So um, the music that we're playing today is directly from the software called RobotWorks. That's part of the Wonderboard experience. So it's a game in kind of air quotes, but uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun to listen to the soundtrack. So, so why don't we get into another track? We've got a, a couple here. Uh, the next one is from the training theme as you are programming your robot. Uh, I think that's where it plays, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's obviously none of the tracks are, are labeled or anything like that. But we kind of went through the game or the application the software. <laughs> yeah, the software itself. And um, I mean, it's a game. I mean, it's, it is a game because there is some the training mode where you can, you know, try to make things happen and get scores. But this takes place during the training mode. So let's take a listen. theme from the Wonderswan game or program Wonderborg. Yeah, this uh, has uh, a nice bounce to it. I like that. The use of sonar 
uh, sound is really kind of reminiscent of everything that was big in the nineties when they thought about like technology. So, um, I could see some of the, uh, like predecessor games or, or things that, uh, were used utilizing those, uh, kind of computery sound effects, uh, but a really cool track. It's, it's short. It's like, you know, 40 seconds or something. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're not on the screen for very long, but I really love that little like buzz that kind of goes across the stereo field. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. That's really cool. I mean, the wonder Swan too, like I, I remember like I had a love hate relationship with it only because I mean, I, I love the system. I adore it, but you had to get a special attachment to use the headphones. And so that was always kind of a kind of a turnoff because I'd have to get that thing out and then bring it with me. But I did take that with me for a while. I carried it around. Hmm. Yeah. Well, do you want to jump into the next track? Yeah, let's get into the next one. This is the map theme, which plays when you're Wonderborg, your fake one. You can there's like a little programmable game inside of the game. Think of it like a simulator, like this the, the Wonderborg <laughs> simulator inside of the inside of the game. Exactly. So you don't have to wait to send your program over. You can see how it would work in kind of a simulated environment. Yeah, it's it's basically training you to uh, put in the commands and see it before you, you know, send it over because who knows, like, however long it took. I don't know. But uh, this would give you kind of a hands on or you could practice when you're, you know, dodging class or something. (laughs) Anyways, this is the map theme. So let's take a listen. during the training maps uh, it's one of the the few that play there uh this is a really great track i mean all, all these are are very repetitive they they loop super fast but uh there's some something some energy about it i really i really like yeah yeah you yeah. know it's very 
percussive, this whole soundtrack. But what I really love about this track specifically is there's a lot of these like ear tickles or ear candy, these little, little subtle changes that happen that are very satisfying, like, like a little percussive fill or, you know, the rhythm will speed up just slightly in the little melodic parts. It's, uh, I don't know. Um, there's more there than you would think just listening to it kind of passively. There's more there than, than should be there. Yeah. If that makes sense. More than meets the eye. If you, (laughs) if you will, (laughs) different robots, sorry. Uh, yeah, so this Wonderborg was produced in collaboration with Japan Science and Technology Agency and Bandai. And it was uh, originally released as an accessory for the Wonder Swan and then later came out, like we said, on Windows. And it was released in English speaking countries too, outside of Asia. Um, so for example, here I believe it was licensed by Tiger Electronics. It was originally designed as an education tool, and we talked about um, examples like um, the Lego Mindstorms and stuff like that. But originally, if you wanted to buy it, you could only get it through Bendy's website, and only about a thousand units were sold through the website on launch. And then there was a few external retailers that uh, had it on uh, their their sites as well. And that was on June twenty third of two thousand. Yeah, well, the information we could dig up was probably related to the original Japanese launch. We, I don't think there's as much information about the PC release in terms of like units available, but I, I can't imagine it was like a huge widespread thing. Like, I never saw a PC Wonderborg or Robot Works or whatever it was called anywhere, and I, I was pretty aware of this kind of stuff back then. Right, and it was it was essentially the exact same unit. Um, they had a few different models actually for Wonderborg. So there were several that had like longer legs, and um, that way you could kind of collect them and like have them. It wasn't like robot battle, but um, <laughs> be- because of their sensors, uh, you could actually you know program them to behave in certain ways to where they would almost play like you know, like game of life or something like that, like <laughs> a, a, amongst the, uh, the, the robots. Yeah. They were at least aware of each other. So the thing has, I think it was seven sensors is what I was able to find two in the antenna, two in the eyes with some infrared lights. Uh, and you had a floor sensor and what else was there? A light sensor, an internal clock step sensor. I may have double spoken there, but you know, it, it was basically somewhat aware of its position and could move around and adjust. So, you know, if it, you know, kind of like a, a Roomba. If yeah, it I was the just going to say, I was just <laughs> yeah. going to say, I got one downstairs right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it could like move forward, backwards. It could turn, it could spin in a circle. Uh, you know, if it hit a wall, it could back up. You could program it to like go a certain number of steps and then do some other action, you know, wiggle its antenna or something. I don't know. Was, yeah. I, I mean, I love this kind of stuff. I'm. Oh, me too. Me too. I was like, <laughs> like when I was playing with the, uh, the training program, I was having so much fun just thinking like, oh man, if, if the interface was a little bit easier to navigate, uh, like on like on uh, you know PC, it would probably be a lot easier. But oh man, I would have had so much fun with this when the kid when I was a kid. And you know the fact that it has like the light sensor too, so you could have it go under a desk and and uh, it would behave differently than if it were on top of the desk or something. You know, like I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, I, I know that kids do still have stuff like. Have you heard of Scratch? For example, oh, the programming, uh, the IDE for um, for kids, where you can like kind of uh, drag and drop. Yeah, this this might have been too early, but I know nowadays that sort of visual programming language has really taken off. But what was really cool about this is 
it used a similar kind of logic. So you would have like a visual programming language where it would say, go X number of steps. So it did have conditionals, but you didn't have to like go in there and type lines of code. Um, so nowadays that's super commonplace. I don't know that that was a really common thing in the year 2000. <laughs> well, that was one of their big, um, selling points early on. I was looking at a blog, some Japanese blog from like about when the game came out and, uh, they said, oh yeah, you can, there's even like if statement, like conditionals in there. And, um, that was, that was like a, a foreign concept for like toys, you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, it was a pretty cool little thing and, you know, Bandai, they they had such a great like lineup for toys and stuff already that uh, this is perfectly in their in their wheelhouse, I think, to bring to the budding Japanese market. Yep, yep. Uh, there's uh, there's a little bit more to talk about, but let's jump into another track before we do that. Yeah. So we looked for we kind of went through the the stuff. We don't actually have Wonderborg, so we couldn't uh, actually do all of the the cool stuff in the software so we don't know exactly what the track names are called uh this one next one is track six um and it plays somewhere in their software so let's take a listen from robot works for the wonderborg on the wonder swan pretty sweet dancey little track i mean all these mm-hmm. uh you know you, you spoke earlier about the percussion and this one is uh it's just 
the percussion so clean and those runs i just absolutely love it's it's almost like a chaotic like robot circus <laughs> yeah and this one in particular i feel like has this kind of odd balance between being like serious and playful like maybe that's yeah, all yeah, the yeah. wonderborg tracks but like it's not really something you hear together in vgm that much so i thought it was kind of a nice touch but one thing i definitely have to compliment and one of the reasons why we picked this soundtrack is everything just sounds like super clean and really nice like the the use of stereo the samples like even just some of the melodic stuff i mean like it's not a whole lot here i mean the whole soundtrack's like 12 minutes but yeah. what they have is really well produced exactly there is uh, a lot of care put into the music which i mean to be honest would be overlooked i think for the most part there's not a lot of um I can't imagine a lot of kids um, popping in their headphones, you know, as they're sitting there working on the program or even sitting at the title screen or, you know, I, I think the one place where you'd probably get any music at all is on the maps. Um, so I'm guessing I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of these other tracks that we couldn't find just happen in other map areas. Most uh, likely. Yeah. They, but they they the composer, whoever did this, put some um, some serious thought into it. And that's uh, always appreciated. And it shows because we decided to do this game because it's a fun package. So you're telling me there's not like a Japanese dead mouse Wonderborg remix out there right now. I mean, there could be. You know, what? that is <laughs> entirely uh, possible, actually. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to search the internet. We're going to dig it up. If it's yep. there, we're going to we're going to bring it straight to your ears, but not next this episode. Next remix <laughs> is the the Frisbee Ken John. Oh yes, yes. Um I wanted to bring this up cuz uh this is exclusive to the Japanese Wonder Swan version, but because this is Bandai, they had like a pet mode similar to Tamagotchi, so you could like feed and scold <laughs> Your little Wonderborg. <laughs> I don't know what those actions would actually do, but like it's there. You can you can access it from the menu, even if you don't have a robot. You can see the things that you can do with it. I I forget what some of the options were. Do you remember all of it, them? Yeah, there was um. Oh man, uh, trying to remember here. Feed just loaded up spank. real quick. Yeah, well, <laughs> was that really one of the options? No, no, no. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, pet mode. Oh, there's a call. And it's like a little heart. Uh, threaten. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give food, scold, praise, and uh, see flower. Not sure exactly what that is all about. You know, I, I this is like a, a random one, but you remember that game uh, for Super Nintendo Wonder Project J? It's basically, oh, yeah. It's basically the same commands, you know, like... There was like this weird trend of giving people programmable games as games for like a good 10 years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what that was all about either. I know what you're talking about. Um, that maybe it was just like, uh, you know, they were trying to get kids interested so they could build up an army of engineers in the future. Who knows? I think it worked. Because <laughs> I mean, here we are. <laughs> I, I was. Yeah, we were sold on it. Uh, anyways, let's get into our next track. This is track seven. Uh, not sure exactly where it plays. Probably another training mode. So let's take a listen. We'll be right back.
That was track seven from Wonderborg for the Wonder Swan. I don't know what it is, but this might be my favorite one just because, uh, I mean, it's, again, these are all very simple tracks, but there's something just really cool about this one. Um, it's got a very progressive, like, like a kind of techno, like don't that do that, like over and over and over, but some, something really cool is going on with the, um, the fluttering, um, scales. And then it, it goes through a few different iterations. Then it turns into this, like, uh, I want to say, uh, it's like, like blossoming into a flower and it just like goes in different directions. I really like that. And then it comes back down and starts it all over again. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely an exploration of sound more than music. And exactly. I love that bass tone. It's like slightly gritty, but like it's, it's literally on like octaves. It kind of has, it's yeah, not doing it anything has, interesting, but like, you know, it right. sounds so good. <laughs> yeah. It has like this really nice, like, like, uh, like hollow kind of crunch to it. And, uh, then it has this, um, yeah, like these melodic tones kind of that sit on top. And I think that that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, you know, the, the wonder swan we've talked about on, uh, like buffers evolution. I know it's a really old show now, but what a great soundtrack. I mean, the, the wonder swan really could do amazing stuff. And I wish that we, uh, actually got the opportunity, you know, in the West to have this system and, and, and be able to play it and actually have competition with like the Game Boy and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a really capable little system. And uh, I really hope we come back to it a little bit more. But, you know, the whole point of this episode was just to to do something a little short to kind of highlight something that probably, you know, we could stretch this out for an hour, but there's no reason to. <laughs> so no, you know, this better be a short episode. Yeah, let's uh, we can actually start winding it down. So I unless you got anything else to add, do you, you want to do our little uh, close out for the show, Brian? Yeah, sure. Uh, today we covered Wonderborg for the Wonder Swan. Yeah. And uh, we, t- <laughs> we talked about uh, we talked about the robot robot works for uh, the, the game cartridge that came with it. So you could program the thing. Um, no, it, it looks like it was a great idea. I mean, this was the, um, this seemed kind of, I, I can't say ahead of its time. I think it's actually a little bit late. I, I would assume this came out like in like the late nineties. Um, but I think like given like the way that you go about programming this and the, uh, audience, maybe around 2000 was a good idea. Um, couldn't find a composer, but, um, again, maybe that's something that we'll run into. If anyone knows, please. Obviously, let us know in the comments for this episode. I'm going to say one last thing before we close out. I do have to credit the game for its simplicity, like being able to have a very, you know, base, essentially a Game Boy, right? You know, a Wonder Swan programming a robot that's pretty capable. That's super cool. And, you know, I I love this kind of stuff. And it could have been a lot more complex and and unintuitive. So props to the team. Yeah, it was kind of like a <laughs> like a like a cool version of Rob. Right. Yes. I mean, yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> anyways, if you want to know more about the show, you can check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for show notes and the track list. We can also be found on Twitter at pixelated audio and our discord, uh, which the link is on the website. If you want to leave comments or feedback, uh, you can always check us out on our website or leave a review for us on iTunes, which is always much appreciated. Excellent. Yeah. And if you're new to the show, um, they're usually a little bit longer than this, but we're trying to roll out a few shorter episodes. Um, the reason why is because we're all jazzed up and we just want to do a bunch of short ones that we've been meaning to do. If you're new to the show, though, check some of our past stuff. We have a ton of stuff. We just did Waterworld, which was... Um, 
probably the best show you'll ever hear. Quite literally the best VGM podcast that's ever been created. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I think so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aqua Kitty, Aqua Kitty, which was a lot of fun. Hover Racing and Airport CEO. So we have one last track taking out the show. This is the map clear theme whenever you win one of those little uh, fake robot maps. So thanks for listening and we'll see you back for the next episode.